Welcome to Conspiracies, the podcast that explores conspiracies, urban myths, urban legends, popular beliefs, and everything in between. I'm your host, Avery, and guess what? We have a special edition of Conspiracies for you this week. So, my good friend Brandy, your beloved co-host, wasn't able to record this week because of scheduling differences, and I had different schedule as well, so it was 50-50 our faults. But we are coming to you with a very special episode. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce my co-host. So I have a very special co-host standing in for Childish Brandino today. He's a man that needs no introduction, but I will give him one anyways. He goes by many names, including Miller Lite Murph, Jay, JJ, Fear Death Nine, and Lambent Shadow. He's the undisputed king of cell phones and the resetter of the Wi-Fi. He can replace a screen protector like no other. He's the destroyer of all enemies in many video games, including League of Legends, PUBG, and he cleans the litter box and takes out the trash and looks damn good doing it. Welcome, my husband Jeremy, to the podcast. Wow, that was uh, that was one heck of an intro. It, there. I wrote it at work today, and I was really excited. Wow, you really went all out with and that I one. Laughed my ass off the whole time. Yeah, that was pretty rough for me to not laugh at all of that. That was pretty interesting. Uh, so, how do you feel being the first conspiracy <coughs> episode? Um, I, I guess it's okay. I'm just yeah. trying to help out and do my part. Yeah, you know, you know. Okay, well, husband and wife episode coming to you this week. Um, so, I don't. I think I've mentioned it in the Meet the Host episode, but I am originally from Tennessee, from East Tennessee. Mr. Jeremy, Mr. Jeremy, <laughs> where are you from originally? I'm from North Carolina. North Carolina. So. Still live here. Yeah, we do live in North Carolina. Yes, yeah. we do. So, anyway. All right. So, this week's episode, we're going to be discussing urban myths and urban legends from each of our home states. So, we each got on the internet, on the interwebs, and did some Googling and found the three most interesting um, urban myths and legends of our state. So, um, I'm going to just throw Jeremy in without any swimming floats, and I want Jeremy to go first. So, what is your first North Carolina urban myth or legend? So, let me start out by saying, like, I've literally never heard of any of these urban legends. Oh. Um, I, I think I may have heard about one of them. That, that, that'll be not the first one, but the next one. But I've okay. literally never heard of any of these until, like, today, pretty much. Wow. Um, so, the first one that I have is uh, it's called Devil's Tramping Ground. So, it's a place in uh, Bear Creek. North Carolina uh, towards the mountains and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, what it is 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 this little campground kind of area, uh, where there there's this large circle where literally nothing grows inside of it. No grass, no nothing or anything. Um, so this has been like a pretty big thing for a while, um, surprisingly. Um, <clears throat> so kind of goes all the way back to um, you know before settlers started coming over to. Um, 
the America and everything like that. Um, <clears throat> so wow. part of my research I was looking up, uh, apparently, like, the devil was a very big part of folklore in um, countries like uh, Scotland, Brit Britain, um, Ireland, anything like that. So uh, there's actually a lot of places in North Carolina that have the word devil in it. So oh. you've got, like, the devil's tramping ground. Like, that's an actual, that's the actual name of it. It's not, like, an urban legend. That's what people call it. Like, that's literally, like, this the name of the park. Oh, um, so yeah. it's, like, devil's tramping ground park. No, I don't think it's park. I think it's, like, a camping ground. Oh, yeah, okay. It, I was kind of confused about it because it's actually, like, private property as well. I've heard I've heard my dad actually tell me this before, and I think he said camping ground. So I think what you're yeah. saying is pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, but there's, like, you know, so there's that. There's this place called Devil's Rock. There's Kill Devil Hill. There, There's Devil's Courthouse or something like that. <clears throat> so it's, like, in a lot of different stuff. Um, and this, like, was a big part of their tradition. So one of the things I was looking at is it's kind of in comparison to how, like, aliens are, like, the big thing. Yeah. The, like, these days, like, um, that's, like, that's what they used to say a lot in, in previous culture. Because, obviously, um, Christianity and stuff was really big in Europe. And that's a part of the reason why people fled to Yeah, and, America. like, the colonists and stuff were really afraid of the devil. I mean, you think about, like, the Salem witch trials and stuff, like... People have always been afraid of Satan. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, basically how this place got its name, uh, legend actually has it that the devil wanders in the circle. Uh, basically, he, like, stomps around inside of this little circle, which is why nothing grows inside of it. Apparently, he does this uh, while thinking of ways to trick humans um, and, and that sort of stuff. Um, so, that was pretty interesting. <clears throat> uh Part of what I was reading actually said um, that some people, like, after... Some people have tried to spend the whole night there before, but from what I read, nobody's actually ever been able to do it. Um, a lot of people will get headaches or chest pains, um, stuff like that, after only, like, 30 minutes or an hour. So a lot of people, like, couldn't even stay there for a while. Um, <clears throat> one guy actually tried to do some research um to figure out like why stuff wouldn't grow like he he researched the soil um mm -hmm. and he took soil samples from you know inside the circle as well as the area like closer to the trees um out like nearby the circle but not like directly outside of it um so apparently one of the real reasons that nothing grows inside of it is that the soil inside of that circle has a higher sodium copper and zinc level than the soil that was just a few yards away oh, um so that's like the real reason but still nobody knows like why that's the case okay like because that's been around for a long time so it's not like you know like there's nuclear waste that's been <laughs> dumped there or, or anything like that um and compasses will even skew um inside of the circle as well so like this compass kind of goes crazy or like it goes a little bit off of, like what true north and stuff like that really is mm -hmm. um so it, it's a it's a little bit off um some people like during the cold war era they started to think like a ufo had landed there and that's why there was this giant circle oh yeah that's uh, when people started thinking aliens yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, you know, like I was talking about, like, that's become more like the modern version of the devil doing things. Like, people are like, oh, like aliens, you know, the people think aliens do everything. Yeah, I remember when my dad told us this story, we were, like, on the way home from, ten or, yeah, I'm from Tennessee, and we were passing through that area in North Carolina. And he was saying that essentially 
the devil just walks in circles uh, in this um, circle where, you know, the devil's trampling ground, thinking of ways to, like, ruin the world and humanity and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think I remember him telling me, or maybe I read it somewhere, that that it's actually hotter in that circle. Like, the soil's actually hot. Yeah, it might be. It's probably because of all that, like, the chemicals or whatever the difference is and, like, the what's in the soil and stuff. Or the devil. (laughs) Yeah, or the devil. Um, it, it actually, that's what, what I was saying earlier, is it's actually on private property, but for like the longest time, probably due to like the folklore behind it, um, the owners actually had it like open to the public. But when I was doing some research on YouTube, uh, one guy said like they, they had been to the park in the past, but then when he went back with his kids, the park had actually been gated off. Um, oh, so man. now it's like private property and I, they don't want anybody on it. Um, probably due to, you know, like with the internet being more, everything and stuff like that i'm sure like more people know about this than before because before you know it was simply like urban folklore like 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 only people that probably within that area or within north carolina kind of knew about it yeah um but but, since the internet happened everyone knows about it yeah Yeah, exactly wow that is pretty nice i didn't know about like the different soil consistencies that's pretty crazy okay so thank you for that I had heard that before, but you told it so well. Um, so when I was Googling, I had one that I knew I was going to do research on, and that's my finale because I have firsthand experience at this place. Um, but the other two I Googled scared the whiz out of me. So let's just get to it. So first, I'm going to tell you about the legend of Sadie Baker. So... In a small town of 10 Mile, Tennessee, the legend of Sadie Baker was born. Sadie Baker was once known as a witch, but is also now known as a ghost. Ooh, so scary. Um, Sadie allegedly roams the Concord Cemetery, a cemetery that is owned and operated by the Concord Baptist Church that has been around for centuries. Though the cemetery is small in size, it is well known for its ghostly inhabitants. So let me tell you the tea about Sadie. It sounds like something straight out of American Horror Story Coven season, so get ready. Sadie Baker died sometime during the 18th century. Her cause of death is unrecorded. However, the story of her demise has been passed down for generations in the small town of 10 Mile since she died. Sadie Baker showed up in 10 Mile, like I said before, sometime in the 18th century. We're not sure when. Um, While she was down on her luck, she was homeless and desperately needed a place to sleep and eat. Apparently, Sadie was very beautiful, very attractive, and she was a unique-looking woman. It is said that the family that took her in took her in because they were quote-unquote fascinated by her beauty. Sadie wasn't in town for very long before she attracted the attention and advances of several wealthy men. After only a few months in 10 Mile, Sadie had developed quite a reputation for herself. She had dozens of men fighting for her hand in marriage and allegedly had several men in bed. Unfortunately for Sadie, her promiscuity was not accepted nor tolerated by other eligible bachelorettes in town, especially those who lost their men to Sadie's beauty. 
Sadie was executed due to her enchanting of men using witchcraft. Because, you know, back then you couldn't be beautiful and attract men without being called a witch. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sadie was... Oh, yeah, I already said that. Once again, the cause of death is unknown. However... Local legends vary about Sadie's demise. Some say she was hung to die, but most say she was actually buried alive. She was buried in the Concord Cemetery, and the townswomen thought their trouble with Sadie was behind them, but they were very wrong. Even though she was dead, her spirit was not. She has haunted the cemetery ever since, seeking revenge on the townspeople who put her to death. Sadie's grave is among the oldest in the cemetery. The original headstone has been replaced as it was once a mark of bravery amongst teens and other local thrill seekers to steal it. Which, I think like in every town there's something like cool to steal. Mm-hmm. Like where I'm from in Kingsport, Tennessee, um, there were there's always like this church to put up a nativity scene and every Christmas some teenager would steal baby Jesus. It was, like, a big deal. Like, they had police on it every year, but it happened anyway. Yeah, so, like, I've never heard of anything like that around here. I don't know what you guys do in Tennessee, but it's well, weird. Well, apparently people be still in historical stuff. So, anyways, um, so people have stolen the original one. So, locals claim to see Sadie roaming the cemetery at night. Those who believe in the legend of Sadie Baker leave a dollar on her grave to appease her. Which is like a nod to her beggar past, you know, because she came in really poor. You must not leave less than a dollar, however, because it is said that if you do, you will offend Sadie and may provoke her to violence, as she is known for shoving and scratching visitors to this day. Oh. T. I don't believe any of that. That was (laughs) my um, reference, or my um, research came from FHSAnchor.com. Um, I don't know, I kind of believe it. I mean, people were doing crazy stuff like that. Have you ever been there? No. Oh, okay. That's in western Tennessee, I think. But people were doing, like, crazy stuff like that back in that time because, you know, Salem witch trials and stuff, like, a woman couldn't be beautiful or, like, have a lot of men like her without, like, quote-unquote enchanting them or something. Oh, yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway. So. I don't know. Like, I, I don't really, I don't really believe, like, ghost stories like that. Do you believe in spirits? For some reason, people, like, people either believe in ghosts or spirits. Mm. I believe in unsettled I spirits. I, I don't know. It's kind of tough, tough to say. Well, well, well. Ooh. All right. So, my next legend um, comes from... Good old North Carolina. Uh, well, <laughs> well, well, oh, duh. Um, what part? Uh, so this place is called Brown Mountain. It's in uh, the western uh, part of the state. Yeah, course. where all the mountains uh, are. Uh, yeah. Um, so this one, some people, some of you guys may have heard of this before. It's called the Brown Mountain Lights. Um, so X Files even did an episode on this. You love um, X Files? No, actually, I don't. I've actually never seen X Files. Oh, oh my gosh! I meant um. You're thinking of Twilight, Twilight Zone. Zone. I'm sorry. Completely My parents show. were obsessed with X-Files in the 90s, honey. I believe it. Yeah. So this was, this was an X-Files episode. Um, so my B. What? That means my bad, my B. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, uh, so basically this little legend has been around for almost 
800 years. Uh, so a lot of people in uh, the Western mountains have reported seeing like these series of lights um, in the mountains and nobody really knows what it is. Um, so <clears throat> uh, and there's even been reports of um, as far back as like Cherokee, uh, Native Americans, um, early settlers, and even uh, soldiers during the Civil War, like seeing these lights. Um, so it's been around for like a while. And from what I've read, you can even still see it sometimes now. Question. Yes. This is kind of irrelevant. Do you have any Native American in your lineage? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, Ancestry.com, please sponsor us. Yeah. Well, anybody, honestly, at this point. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, so Cherokee, people still see it. Yeah, so um, people still see it and everything. So uh, back in 1922, the U.S. government actually um, sent some people out to do a survey to see if they could figure out what was going on, mm-hmm. uh, which is crazy because, like, if you think about it now, like, like having the government or like any sort of U.S. agency like go out to check out stuff like that would have been kind of crazy. Would be crazy. Like yeah, people would be like, "What the heck are you talking about? This is are you just kidding us right now?" Yeah, and for the government to spend money. But this is like the early twenties, so you know, oh yeah, economy is booming and everything. So I guess the government literally has nothing better to do. The Wait. economy was booming in the twenties. You know what? I think you're right. No, Prohibition, yeah, I think. I think in the, uh, wasn't it the 30s? That's when everything went The down. crash was in the, f- I don't know, we're about to make oh, ourselves sound really we, stupid. Yes. We let's, need to stop. You, let's just, let's backpedal a little yeah, bit. Let's backpedal we're a little bit. We're not historians. So anyway, so um, back in 1922, um, the government sent somebody out there um, to look at it, and they've actually had the, since then, like, I guess in total, three times the government has investigated, like, what's up with these lights? Like, what's going on? Three. Yes, three several times so the first time last two i don't have anything on the other two times but the first time so they went out in 1922 and they basically said like y'all are nuts um it's like it's train lights automobile lights or something but you gotta think about what would have been kind of crazy to think about it being automobile lights because cars like were still kicking off and everything oh yeah i don't see like a ford model t making it up a mountain yeah so train 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 lights does seem more realistic Mm -hmm. however um shortly after they did the survey they actually had a flood in that area and it washed out a bunch of stuff there were no trains going through the area and there were um they washed out some cars and stuff in that area as well and they still had the lights going on. So the lights are still there. Um, so it's kind of crazy as to what's going on. Um, the strangest thing is that it's still happening today. Um, I found some clips on YouTube and like you can still see the lights. Um, so I guess people probably think it's aliens or something like that. I'm assuming that is probably more something with the air or, th- or something natural going on. Kind of like the northern lights. Yeah, but you would also think at the same time, like if that was the case, then the gov- like some sort of agency would be like, yeah, that's totally just part of nature. Like it has something to do with reflections, blah, blah, blah. But like that happening in the south would just be really strange to begin with. Huh. So maybe it is aliens. Ooh. What do you think it is? Um, I have no idea. If it is anything, it would be aliens. Um, that would probably be like the biggest thing that it could be. Huh. 
That's really weird. Alien. I don't think it's aliens. I, th I think... Okay, so... This is like a sidebar, but my mama, Maggie, I would love to talk, have a whole episode about this anyway. But she saw twice in her life where there was three moons in the atmosphere. And she had told her children that multiple times. And my mama was born in 1905. But she had saw three moons in the sky. I'm sorry, not three moons, three suns in the sky. And she told her children this multiple times. And they're like, Mom, you're crazy. You were just like, you didn't have your glasses on or you were missing something. Like, but anyways, it turned out to be a dog moon. And dog moons are some type of atmospheric phenomenon that only happens every several years. And she's so lucky she saw two in her lifetime. But it's something that happens when the sun aligns with um, something else and um, like a different planet. And it makes three suns in the sky. So maybe it's something like that. Like we just don't know what it is yet. Yeah. And it's something up in the woods or something. Yeah. It's just so weird that it's happened for like more than 800 years. And obviously like if it's been going on for that long, I'm sure it's probably would, happened longer than that. Yeah. Um, like one would think that they would have figured it out by now. Right. Exactly. So that's interesting. This next one scared the whiz out of me. Like didn't like. So, and I'd never heard this one before, but this one's also from Western North, or I'm sorry, Western Tennessee. My bad. This, okay. So, this urban legend comes from Western Tennessee in White Bluff. That's the name of the town is White Bluff. This one is super scary, and honestly, I'm not sure why they haven't made a movie out of it. Okay, let me get to it. The community of White Bluff is a small, sleepy little town. Fans of the town say that it is a true example of a warm southern town and exudes southern hospitality and good naturedness, which, I mean, <laughs> Tennessee, come on. That's like, anyway, best state in the south. <coughs> Sorry. What was that? White Bluff may be sweet, but it has a very scary story that will send shivers down your spine. This is the tale of the White Screamer. Which, by the way, I do write my all mine in story mode, but I, like, read multiple pages and write it myself. Like, I don't just copy and paste. Anyway, I digress. This is a story of the White Screamer. There is a nature-made hollow in White Bluff, Tennessee. Back in the 1920s, a young family discovered this hollow and deemed it a perfect fit to build their home there. The family that moved into the hollow consisted of a mother and father and their seven young children. They thought they had found the perfect place to live until strange happenings began to occur. The family began to notice strange things happening around their farm that they couldn't explain. These strange things, however, paled in comparison to what would happen to them every single night. Every night... They were abruptly awoken by an ungodly, unearthly, blood-curdling, screaming and crying. This awful screaming seemingly came from nowhere. It did not come from any members of the family of the nine. The wailing came from somewhere deep in the woods, they thought, but could never know for sure. One thing for sure is that it always came. So apparently it's like this like guttural, like gut-wrenching wailing and crying that didn't even sound human and they like tried to figure out where it's coming from but it wasn't any of the kids they thought maybe one of their kids was doing it anyway i digress finally 
Legend has it that the young father was driven to madness by the never-ending screaming. He took his gun into the woods one night looking for the creature creating the chaos. He ran around his property searching for the thing making the screaming. As he went around the corner of his property, the screaming became louder until he found the source of the noise. It was not a solo screamer, but a horde of, quote, them, unquote. What the them was, we will never know for sure. The man took off and ran back toward his home, only to discover his greatest nightmare. He found his family hacked up into bits, body parts all over the home. His home was no longer the safe haven he had dreamed of, but a grisly murder scene. Locals have surmised that the herd the man encountered that night were probably banshees. Banshees are an Irish legend. They are a monster that follows families and are believed to foretell death. If you go to White Bluff today and ask any local about the White Screamer, they are not shy about the legends. They believe it and will tell you to this day that the White Screamer can still be heard haunting White Bluff. Mm, I don't know. That, <laughs> that dude definitely killed his family. Oh my god. Are you saying that this is a murder <laughs> podcast now? <laughs> no. Um, um, yeah, but that definitely sounds more like that guy killed his family and he needed some sort of excuse. Okay. And he, like, somehow convinced the whole town to believe him. But, oh, let me cite my sources. Did I already cite? I think I cited that one. Let me just double check. I didn't cite this one. It was from, it was um, aboutyourstate.com. Anyway, I digress. I read another account, but it was way too long to write out. But I can give you, like, the um, basic story. But apparently there was this man that was a hunter in White Bluff. And he's still alive. But anyways, he had, like, gone out, like, overnight hunting and was, like, on his front porch cleaning his deer at, like, 3 or 4 a.m. in White Bluff. And then he had the guts, because apparently when you clean a deer, you put all the guts into, like, a basket. So he says that he had all the guts in a basket on the edge of his porch, and he was on the other side of the porch. And then he looked up, and he saw a 10-foot-tall white like skeleton looking thing like it looks like he said it looked like a white werewolf like standing there and that he like ran into the house and locked the door and called 911 but when they came nothing was there but all the guts were gone hmm it's very interesting in white bluff i don't ever want to go there it's really scary so you think he straight killed his family yeah do you think the screaming was real um, probably, but it was probably some sort of animal. Yeah, I guess. Animals make some weird noises. So. Wow. Jeremy thinks this man committed homicide and can only use the excuse the one time. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that one I don't like at all. Yeah. Well, he had a family of nine, right? Yeah. That's a lot of people. It is a lot of people. Maybe he was a family of nine. You mean to tell me that this guy... Walked around a corner of his property and then ran back to his house. Maybe let's say he lives on a big farm. Is this what do you know anything about like the property? I just know that it was a natural hollow and I'm assuming it was a big property because it was a farm. So let's say it takes him 10 minutes to full on freaking sprint from one side 
of his property back to the back to the house. You mean to tell me that his whole family got chopped up into bits that fast? And their guts everywhere. And their guts everywhere. Yo, this dude definitely killed his family. Yeah. And especially, story doesn't add up if you say with the other guy, the hunter, like the guts were gone. Like, oh, maybe the banshee didn't have time to finish eating. Um, who knows? Anyways, I don't like that, and I love White Bluff. God bless you, but I'm never gonna come visit. I might visit Sadie, but not this one. Maybe we could, uh, maybe we could make a stop on our trips. Oh hell no! I'm not going to White Bluff. Okay, your turn, because I'm really excited about your next one. Hey. Yeah. So you actually have a little bit more experience with this one um, than I do, but this uh, one originates from Wilson, North Carolina. <gasps> what? <laughs> which is where both of us work. Um, I was actually talking, I, I did a little bit of research on my own, of course, but I actually was talking with one of my coworkers about it, and I just, like, showed up ass. I was like, yo, what's up with this place? So, this place... And in, they gave you the tea? Right, yeah. So, there's this, uh, this story kind of has changed over the years, of course, because it's not really as much of a thing anymore, but there used to be this place in Wilson called Acid Park. Um, so, if you're a local to this area, you've probably, a lot you of people... A lot of people have heard about this place yeah, before. Yeah, a lot of Eastern so, Carolina knows. So basically, is this? Uh, it was this little park in Wilson um, that was on this guy's property. Um, and it had these things that they call whirly gigs, which were really, they were basically like windmills, but they weren't windmills. They were made out of like all sorts of scrap metal, car parts, all that sort of stuff. So like they're tall like windmills, but they mostly just have like spin, spinning blades and stuff, kind of like, um, like those little fan things that you get. Um, I don't know what they're like called. Like craft stores, yeah. Yeah, like little craft mm-hmm. stores. You know the little spin wheels, I guess yeah, that's what they're pinwheels. Pinwheels, there yeah. we go. That's exactly what I was looking for. Um, so basically the story here um, as to where some of the urban legend of it comes in mm-hmm. is um, basically a lot of people say that um, this guy named Wallace Simpson, um, his daughter died in uh, after driving home late one night and, um, and she died um, from LSD and I guess she crashed into a tree. Um, the crazy part where some of that kind of seems true is at the entry to this uh, acid park there was a like old car that was just broken down right in front of a tree so um you know has has some believable theory to it there um after she died um everybody says that the father like really got went mad insane and that's like where he started building all of this stuff out of nowhere and everything um and then over the next 40 years, um, he just built this stuff to memorize her, uh, um, memorialize her at the place and everything. Um, and apparently, like, since then, um, he's passed away, of course. He, he, he was really old. He passed away back in 2013. Um, and the city of Wilson actually moved all of the Whirly Gigs over a few years. They opened up this place called the Whirly Gig Park, and they moved everything. And it's like a big attraction in Wilson mm-hmm. now. Like, they have a festival it's and beautiful. everything. Um, it's a really nice little park and everything. So it's actually really nice. Um, but it kind of got the name Acid Park, you know, from the, the daughter dying on LSD as well as a lot of people used to go there and do drugs. Uh, <laughs> and, like, people would go there and do drugs, and it was, like, supposedly, like, really trippy because you had all these shiny metal things, like, spinning around and stuff, and it was very psychedelic. Yeah. Um, but I was talking to um, 
one of one of my coworkers, and she was basically um, talking about how like you know like she knew the guy and stuff like that. Well, not knew knew him, but like his, knew of his, him. right. Yeah, his son I, is actually one of um, one of our customers, and she's like actually taught with him before. Oh, okay, stuff, stuff cool. like that. So she obviously he died in twenty thirteen, the dad or whatever. Um, but based off of what I was reading, um, basically he just designed everything because um he was bored it was like his retirement yeah (laughs) Yeah, so he he retired from the military and everything um and it was just something that he wanted to do and that area around asset park is actually like it connects to a bigger highway so it's like a small road that connects to like a much bigger road so really all he was doing from what he had said was he had all these these whirly gigs to um basically to entertain people who drove by um and apparently like his this art is like actually like a pretty big deal like i I remember reading that he actually has one of these pieces like in some museum in new york not like a Oh. Not obviously like a national museum, but it's like, you know, he... Like he, an art museum. Right, yeah. So, like, he has some stuff that's, like, in other places. Um, and when he died, uh, the city of Wilson actually, like, everybody banded together to save it because apparently it had become, like, a big thing in Wilson um, to have these. And with um, him passing away, obviously there was nobody to make sure nothing bad happened to them. So that's when they decided to move all of them to this new park. Wow. Which is pretty cool. I'll tell you my quick story about Acid Park. Mm -hmm. So when I was like an emo teenager man, like I was probably like 17 or 18, I was hanging out with my friends um, in the town that we're from. And um, we were all just chilling and they were like, oh my God, have you guys ever been to Acid Park? And me and my friend were like, no, we haven't. I don't even know what that is. So we all load up into the car. It was like 2 a.m. And we all go out to Acid Park. And they're like telling me this story the whole way there. What you just told us about like his daughter being on LSD. And he created this park because it's what he envisioned her seeing when she was dying. So the original whirly gigs were literally like out in the middle of a country road like in the middle of nowhere in the woods but as soon as we rounded the corner they put their brights on and it hit these whirly gigs because he had all these reflectors on them from like broken bicycles and stuff like all these reflectors and as soon as your lights like your bright lights hit them it looked like an acid trip like all these parts were moving and it's so colorful and it was insane but apparently I remember them telling me, because they were from Wilson, whoever took us, I remember them telling me that he was like, and he was alive at this point, that he was like super nice, and if you go during the day, he'll give you a tour, and he just did it for retirement, so, but the Whirly Gig Park in Wilson is absolutely beautiful, they built the whole park around it, they took his Whirly Gigs and painted them, and it's just gorgeous, like, it's the prettiest thing ever. Yeah, it is really nice, I really like it. Yeah, I think it's really cool that they um, took his art and like memorialized it you know because mm-hmm. it had a reputation for being something that it wasn't and it was just yeah. this regular guy just doing a retirement project but there were like hundreds of these whirly gigs and we're not talking about like the garden ones that are like knee level we're talking about like two-story high whirly gigs mm-hmm. and they weren't just whirly gigs there was like some that look like people pedaling a bike and it's just it's insane google Wilson Whirly Gig Park. Yeah, they even actually have a live camera, I think. Oh, okay. That you can actually see what it looks I like. I think I remember looking at that when we were seeing if I had to go to work for Hurricane Florence. 
Anyway. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. All right. So this next one I have freaking lots of experience with because my dad thought it was hilarious to scare the crap out of me and Sydney when we were little. Like, my dad was the kind of dude that... Um, he would like, we would be like home from dinner, like on the way home from dinner, like after church one night. And he would purposely take this old road that had a cemetery on it in the middle of the night or not in the middle of the night, but it was like dark. And he would just like stop the vehicle and turn off all the lights and turn off the vehicle. And he's like, listen, girls, if you listen close enough, you can hear things. It would scare the crap out of me in Sydney. Like we would start crying and then he would be like, oh my gosh, you girls are so sensitive. <laughs> anyway, so, um, He's always been like that, you know, trying to scare us a little bit, which is totally cool. Um, anyway, so this next legend is about Sensaba Tunnel. This is literally one mile from where my dad grew up in Tennessee. And I have been here so many times, it's kind of insane. And I'll go ahead and cite my sources. So we've got hundredspotslibrary.wordpress, dangerousroads.org, and then my mind and my dad's mind, because I called him and needed him to reiterate the story, because I forgot it. Okay, are you ready for this? Yeah, go for it. Um, so yeah, Cindy and I named this Hubbubub Tunnel in our minds for some reason. That's what we've always called it, but its actual name is Sensabaugh Tunnel. And uh, it's in technically in Kingsport, Tennessee, but it's closer to Church Hill, Tennessee. That doesn't matter to you if you don't live in Tennessee. I digress. All right. <clears throat> the Sensabaugh Tunnel is located in Kingsport, Tennessee, deep in the back roads, a decent ways from the city center. To get to the tunnel, you must drive down a winding, narrow road down steep hills. The trees surrounding the tunnel grow over and reach to either side of the river, making a natural canopy. Next to the tunnel, the Holston River flows, churning and swelling with he when heavy rains come in. The tunnel itself was built into what was once a hill. This is like literally in a mountain, like you're going to the base of a mountain, and it, if you've never been there, you don't. You, didn't they take you there? Mm -mm. Okay, anyway, Jeremy went to Tennessee once. I could have swore we took you there. So the tunnel itself was built into what was once a hill. Back in the 1920s, the hill was blasted apart to make a way for a roadbed and to act as a support for the train tracks that would be going over it from the CC&O Railroad. The property used belonged to the Sensabaugh family. The Sensabaugh family owned a farm on the opposite side of what was to become the roadway. They sold the land and assisted in the tunnel's construction. The tunnel stands 12 feet high, and is 380-odd feet long. Over the years, stories began to stir about the Sensabaugh Tunnel. It was used as a place for teens to head to and, like, make out in the dead of night or just hang out or any other teenage shenanigans you could think of, you know. Crazy teens. It was a perfect place for privacy, being it was so remote and away from the main roadways. The story started small. There were rumors of strange, eerie noises of crying and screaming coming from inside the dark center of the tunnel itself. And let me tell you, I'll get to my experience with it, but it is really creepy. I would never go there at night. So, let's get into the legends behind the paranormal activity of Sensaba Tunnel. Ooh. I actually grew up hearing the stories of Sensaba Tunnel and have been there several times myself. 
My dad's parents purchased a home just a little over a mile from the tunnel, and my dad has gone and explored the tunnel too many times to count. And so this is a story that I was raised hearing about the Sensabaugh Tunnel. So, Mr. Sensabaugh, the man who the land the tunnel was built on, that they purchased his land, had a daughter. His daughter met a man whom she loved and became pregnant with his child. We never knew what became of the man, but essentially he left before she had the baby. The child was illegitimate and that greatly angered and enraged Mr. Sensabaugh. So after an altercation, his daughter was running with the infant in her arms trying to get away from her father. While running on the tracks right above the Sensabaugh Tunnel, she fell to her death with the child. Legend has it if you go to the tunnel after dark, shut off your car's engine and lights, which my dad has done with me before, scared the piss out of me. Anyways, you will hear the daughter wailing for her lost baby. You will hear the baby crying out for its mother as well. My dad claims he has heard the screaming and crying on more than one occasion visiting the tunnel. So that's the story that I grew up with. And let's talk about the other versions as well, because the versions vary a little bit differently. So we'll get into the other ones. Are you so bored right now? No. Okay. I am. Um, can you please Google the Sensabaugh Tunnel? Because I swear we took you there while we were there. Okay, I'm going to continue with my story while you Google. Some say that a homeless man tried to rob the nearby Sensabaugh family, and he fled with a baby after being discovered. He tried to get away on foot, and his route included the Sensabaugh Tunnel. While trying to get away, he panicked he panicked and drowned the innocent baby in the shallow pool near the tunnel. That pool is now called Crybaby Pool. Another version of the story says that Mr. Sensabaugh was actually a family annihilator, that he allegedly went crazy one night murdering his wife, kids, and finally shot himself inside the tunnel walls. And then another tale of events is that the legend of is the legend that a young woman whose car broke down inside the tunnel, she left her car and wandered towards the Sensabaugh house to seek help. However, she never made it home or back to her car, which left people to speculate that she either was murdered inside the Sensabaugh house or she disappeared inside the tunnel itself. Now, to be fair, no records exist of any murders or disappearances in the tunnel or the house nearby. However, the rumors still persist among locals and believers of the paranormal. And I'm telling you where I'm from, this is a big thing. The Sensabaugh Tunnel is like it's a big deal. Over the years, visitors of the Sensabaugh Tunnel have reported hearing a baby crying, seeing a man in their rearview mirror, seeing a figure sitting in the back seat and finding a child's handprints on their car after leaving the tunnel. My experience, my being Avery, this is me talking. <laughs> my experience of Sensabaugh Tunnel is that it is definitely a very creepy place. Even in broad daylight, when you roll in, the air is about 15 to 20 degrees cooler than outside the tunnel, sending shivers down your spine. The air feels very damp and heavy, and it always feels like someone is watching you. So, is there any truth to the legends of Sensabaugh Tunnel? I don't think we'll ever know. But, 
perhaps you can find some sort of answer by driving down the winding hills of East Tennessee, down into the forest, into the tunnel in the dead of night, rolling down your windows, and just listening. Mic drop. Okay, um, I'm calling BS. Oh, those are fighting words. <laughs> those are fighting words. So uh, I looked at looked up the tunnel. Definitely did not go through there. Uh, um, so, I could have swore. No, we did okay. not. Anyways, um, so obviously I have no experience with this. I just did my first research, Google it, and bam, ended up on Reddit. And you know, oh, for the love of God. Nobody lies on Reddit. That's actually not true. But that a lot of people immediately in the comments are saying, I'm from Kingsport, and this is BS. So I looked up the pictures, and there's like water that kind of runs through this tunnel, which first off... Yeah, when I said when the rains get heavy, water runs through the tunnel. Yeah, and like... I'm like, okay, so there you go, bam, with the with the where the water ends up, because it's not like water just runs through the tunnel like that's normal if if it rains. But there's like a little pond looking thing that's like at the end of this little other end of the tunnel where the water kinda drains to. So it's not just like water casually drains, it's like there's water that just sits there. So that makes more sense as to why it's colder inside of there. And then yeah, it's creepy because people have spread this stupid folklore about this urban legend of like all this different crazy stuff that's going on there i'm telling you i have been there so many times and i get scared every single time yeah because your dad's made you do that and i guarantee you like his dad one time he took me in that tunnel and acted like the car wouldn't start again he was like that's a 100 percent your dad move (laughs) he does that he still does that now he's like oh no girls your dad still does stuff like that he's a jokester he's a jokester but i'm sorry people on reddit are haters that's true but like there's some person saying like ghost hunters have tried doing stuff with this tunnel to see you know how like they look for paranormal activity and stuff they claim they hear they hear footsteps and stuff like that um, and even see orbs, supposedly. But I'm calling BS. I think this. orbs in uh, pictures are BS. Yeah. I, I really like, do. when people, like, tell me, oh, my God, I saw an orb in my picture. I, like, rolled my eyes secretly. It's so annoying. I'm like, bro, I got an orb in my picture today <laughs> from a freaking flash. From a freaking so flash, OB. Someone said, I rode the nope train out of that shit. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, what a um, hater! I would not want to. I just let my. I would not want to ride through that tunnel to begin with. But uh, to prove you wrong, I would love to go there at night. I wouldn't uh, go with you at night. We're at Kingsport. I would not go, go with by you. myself. And if no. I come back, I don't know. We'll see. No, I, you're not allowed to go by yourself ever. So obviously, Jeremy doesn't believe in that one. I do. I believe more in the Devil's Tramping Ground one. Well, that one's than, compelling, too. Than this one. However, I do believe that one was a UFO. Ugh. Wow. Well, um, did you want to talk afterwards, or we? are you not? Um, I mean, I guess we can. I, okay. I, we kind of have to now. Yeah. Okay, so for regular listeners, uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, stick around afterwards. You want to hear Jeremy and I talk about our everyday life for a few moments. And if not, we'll see you next week. And Brandino, Mandino, bring back 
And she's going to bring the booty back into this house and record another episode with me. So, yeah. Um, follow us at Conspiracies on Instagram and Twitter. Conspiracies at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. And for the regular listeners, what's good? So, I feel like you don't... Do you really even have, like, regular listeners and... You use the term regular listeners twice. Because, there. because, <laughs> actually, you're the only one that's ever complained okay. that we talked. It was not that, complaining. Okay, it was constructive criticism. That we talked too much at the beginning of episodes, and you didn't like that. So we moved that to the end of the episode. So that's why I give people the opportunity to stop there, or they can keep listening to us talk about our regular lives. Because somebody didn't like us talking at the beginning. I don't know who you're talking about because it wasn't me. You. Anyways. It was you. So, anything you want to talk about? I'll actually start. <laughs> um, hi, my name is Avery, and I have been a Taylor Swift fan since I was a junior in high school. With that being said, I love her so much because she's so extra, and it's always like a conspiracy trying to figure out the next album release date and what's the next single and all these hidden messages in her music videos. And her new music video for me is so good, and I just watched the behind-the-scenes today and she got her third cat okay so they were filming and part of the music video was that brendan yuri from panic the disco is going to give her a kitten right well they had a kitten there from a rescue and they handed it to taylor and they're like this is the kitten that you're going to be handed she was like oh my gosh and she loved him so much and he was so cute and he was purring so much and so happy in her arms she was like um is he available they were like, yeah, he's available for adoption. She was like, oh my gosh, someone get me the paperwork. Like, I'm going to adopt this cat. And she adopted the cat. So she didn't even go into the music video with that cat. She met him on the set of the music video and adopted him. And his name is Benjamin Button. It's so cute. It's really poor choice of name for the cat. I but. love it. Her other cats are Detective Olivia Benson and Dr. Meredith Gray. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's very unique names. Yes. So, I don't know. I just love her so much and I love the pastels and the butterflies and everything. So, unpopular opinion here. Oh, no. But we went and saw Endgame. Um, I am not going to give any spoilers. No spoilers. Um, just because I, I really feel like it's a great movie. You should go see it. But, oh my goodness. It was a lot. It was a lot. I want everyone to know I didn't go pee the whole time. I think I, I went to pee once. I thought you went twice. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, and, and see, that that's probably my only complaint. I felt like the movie was a little too long. I felt Ooh. like... I feel like they made it a three-hour movie just because. I feel like there was a lot of stuff that could have kind of been cut out um, that didn't really make make any sense. Well, not necessarily that it didn't make sense. It just felt a little long. Um, there were some plot holes in the house. Yeah, um, and there were just there were just a lot of uh, there was a lot of kind of plot holes overall that I just didn't agree with. I'm just going to kind of leave it at that because I don't want to go into spoiler territory here. Yeah. Um, but that was pretty... It. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it. One right to now. five stars, what would you give it? I'd say three and a half. Ooh! 
That's yeah, not I'm gonna good. get a lot of hate for that. Well, we it, only have 16 listeners. Exactly, get a lot of hate. Not a lot of hate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was a decent movie overall. But after seeing Infinity War and how good Infinity War was, Endgame was a, a letdown in comparison. Endgame on its own was actually a great movie. However, in comparison to other Marvel movies as well as Infinity War, it was a kind of a letdown. And that's the T. Yeah. Um, I would give like a four a four out of five. Yeah. There were a lot of moments where I was like, yes! And then there were a lot of moments where I was crying. Yeah. Um, on another note, Game of Thrones. Yeah, that was pretty intense. We could Ooh, almost do a whole friggin' podcast buddy. on that. Jeremy and I have been watching Game of Thrones together since... Um, so I watched the whole first season on his box DVD set. And then when season two came out, we watched week to week. So like basically we were watching Game of Thrones, our whole relationship. And it feels like the end of an era coming up, you know, but oh my gosh, episode three was so good. This season is so good so far. Um, I've never been more stressed out in my life by a TV show. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I really enjoyed this episode. It was really good. I was laughing a lot. Which I don't like because I'm like over here crying and really having a moment with the show and Jeremy's like maniacally laughing. Like I don't get it. Well, I always laugh at character deaths and stuff like that. Just because, or like very dramatic things that happen because everybody else is like, oh no, this bad thing just happened. And I'm just like, holy shit. Like, (laughs) can't believe that just happened. Didn't see that one coming. Um, So yeah, that one was pretty good. Just like the last three minutes. Woo! So good. No spoilers, I'm just saying. Anything else you want to talk about? Nope, I think... Do you want to plug yourself at all? Um, well, yeah, sure. I guess so. Um, you can find me on Instagram or Twitter. Trying to get back into Twitter. I mostly still use Instagram. <laughs> uh, JWJohnson93. Uh, uh, yeah, just follow me. Yeah. <laughs> he posts pretty lit content. Yeah, I don't really post a lot, but when I do post, it's Oh, okay. Fire. Wow. Well, yeah, I guess that's it. Jeremy, I want to thank you so much for stepping in for our best friend, Brandy. I didn't really have much of a choice. Well, you did it with... You did a great job, and you weren't mean about it at all, and you were actually kind of excited. So I thank you so much for helping me out. You're the best husband I have ever had. <laughs> all right. Well... Thank you for listening. Once again, find us Conspiracies, Twitter and Instagram, conspiracies.gmail.com. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week with Childish Brandino. Bye.